0: All right. Well, I don't even know what week we're on. It's three, four ish, something like that, of our current series uh, called Right on the Money. And uh, has this been helping anybody? I hope this has been helping you. There's a couple people excited. A couple people are like, I'm kind of over you talking about my money, Pastor Devin. And (laughs) uh, sorry, I don't know. Uh, But we've been in this series called Right on the Money, doing right with our money. And in the last several weeks, we've talked about we've talked about the tithe. We've talked about something that we call kingdom builders, which is how we go above and beyond our regular giving to bring transformation to the world. And if and if you haven't yet gotten a copy of our 2023 vision for kingdom builders, I uh, I encourage you to grab one of those copies out at the information center today to see that just the heart of our church and how we want to be generous in that way but let's jump right into the scripture today luke chapter 16 verse 9 it says and i say to you make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon now jesus is going to use this word mammon three times it's the only three times we know that he uses this word um, and, and this in Luke, it's, a, it's another like uh, perspective of what was written in Matthew as well, but, but it, this is what Jesus says. I say to you, um, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, and when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you uh, have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant. No servant. No person can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. No one can serve two masters. So, no one can serve both God and mammon. And I would say that God is looking for servants and mammon is looking for servants. What is mammon? That's the first question I have for you today. I have three questions for you. The first one is, what is mammon? Well, mammon is an Aramaic word It means riches. And I think Jesus is specifically, if we remember, Jesus is specifically speaking to a specific audience at a specific time in history and i think jesus is talking about mammon the syrian god of money and uh the syrian god of riches mammon and this actually comes from babylon and babylon came from the tower if you remember the tower of babel in the book of genesis where a group of people came together and they said we don't need god We're going to find a way to get to heaven ourselves. And they colluded together and began to build this great tower. And then God uh, basically came down and he confused the language. And so God, he brought confusion there. And and it's called the Tower of Babel. It's where we get Babylon. Uh, It's this idea of sowing in confusion. And um, the, the, the people were confused to where they stood in relationship with God. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to reach the heavens on their own merit and on, by their own power. And here's the thing about Mammon Mammon is a prideful and arrogant spirit that says, I don't need God. This is what Mammon says Mammon says, We don't need God, we have riches. And if I only had money, well, then I don't need God. This is is the spirit of mammon. And I would tell you that many of us, if not all of us, at one point in our life or another, that we have been impacted by the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon. We don't need God, we need riches. Now, there's a particular gospel that, uh, a, a message even in Christianity called the prosperity message. Many believers have, have, have fallen captive to this prosperity gospel, this prosperity message. And this is what it says it says basically, if you give to God your, your money, you give, then you will get. So keep giving so you keep getting because God wants all his children rich. And so if you give, God will bless you. He'll, make, he'll, cre- he'll give you great wealth. He'll make you rich. You'll drive a nice car. I even one time saw a, a Lamborghini driving down the streets and on the license plate, he had a custom license plate, and it said, I tithe. That's a prosperity gospel that because I give, I am wealthy in the world. This is not a guarantee. You'll be blessed, yes. God will bless you more than you could even store it. Yes, that's what his scripture says, but you're probably not gonna drive a Lamborghini. If you do, give me a ride. Let me borrow it and take my wife out some night. It'll be awesome. But lots but, but this is the thought of the prosperity gospel, that God wants me to be rich, have nice cars. And the problem with that message is that it actually works selfishness and greed back into your life, when God created giving as a tool to, ex, to like expel selfishness and greed out of our lives, It's a Mammon message. It's rooted in greed. What happens when someone buys into prosperity message is, is when someone, uh, is then when something breaks, when, when they experience a struggle financially, they blame God. Why? Because they're loyal to mammon. They were never loyal to God. As long as the money's good, me and God are good. But when the money's not good, me and God, were not good. Because you can't serve two masters. You're either loyal to one, and you despise the other, you hate one, or you love the other. Mammon, mammon wants to take God's place. Mammon promises us what only God can give us. Mammon promises that you can have identity if you have money. Mammon promises that you can have peace and security if you have worldly mammon, unrighteous mammon. It promises identity, it promises security. Mammon gives you the, the false promise of security, happiness, and joy, but only God, only God can give us peace, love, and joy. Mammon can never deliver on its promises. Which is why those that have made mammon the pursuit of their life and become multi-millionaires or even billionaires are still empty inside. Because they finally attained it. They have the jet and they have the house and they, they, they have anything money can buy. And yet, it, they, the thrill is over. And they, they, they almost feel cursed by the wealth because they're still empty Inside, mammon wants to take the place of God. And, and, and I heard it this way, is that mammon is the spirit of Antichrist. Because the threat of the Antichrist isn't nuclear war. What's the threat of the Antichrist? Not being able to buy and sell. So if you take the mark... If you take the mark of the beast, you can buy and sell in the marketplace. Well, the spirit of mammon on us is if I'm not able to buy and sell, oh, my life, my life. That's the spirit of mammon, and it finds its way into all of our lives. We live in a mammon-pursuing world. Everywhere you look, someone's trying to sell you something. Someone's trying to sell you a lifestyle that if you could just have, if you could just be, then you could have that security and identity. Although, all throughout our lives, mammon is trying to get you to bow and serve and worship mammon. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 only God can provide you with everything you need. Mammon says, uh, the the, the spirit of Mammon has us have a mentality that says, if I only had more money, people would listen to me. If I only had more money, people would notice me. If I only had more money, I would feel significant in some way, and people will see me as significant. If I only had money, I would definitely be happier. If I had more money, here's the real lie, if I had more money, I could help more people. Money doesn't help people. God helps people. And will God use money? Of course he will. But you you hear the, the contrast of heart between the two. Have you ever said this? Have you ever said to yourself, I either need God to fix my problem, or I need money. I either need money or I need God to move. And then, if someone were to just write me a check for X amount of money, then, I won't, then I'm good. And if someone delivers on that and gives you X amount of money, well, then you say, Oh, God, uh, I'm good. I got money. Uh, I know I prayed yesterday that I needed a miracle, but I got money instead. That's mammon. That's mammon. If money will fix it, then it's not a problem. A problem is a problem that only God can fix. And when you're looking at a loved one that is experiencing some kind of health crisis, you would say, Have my, take all my money. If it, I need a miracle. If money can fix it, it's not a problem. If it's a problem, it's, a, it's something only God can solve. It's a mammon mentality. Well, I either need money or I need God. You can't have two masters. So, mammon. What is mammon? Mammon is this arrogant, prideful spirit that says, I don't need God, I need money. Mammon is is constantly after our lives, and after our money. So so the second question I have for you is, is money evil? Is money evil? Mammon is a spirit. Someone said it like this. Mammon will talk. It'll talk, yeah. Uh, uh, Anytime an offering is being taken, you'll hear voices. That was supposed to be funny, it's okay. It's okay. You'll hear voices. Mammon is a spirit that rests on money, and all money can either have one of two spirits. It can have the spirit of mammon on it, or it can have the spirit of God on it. So how do I get the spirit of God on my money? I give the first fruits. And when I give my tithe, what does it do? We talked about this in past weeks. It redeems the rest. It redeems the rest when I give the first fruits. So is money evil? Money is not evil. Money is actually neutral. You can do both good and bad with money, can't you? Well, De- Pastor Devin, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. That's not what it says. First Timothy 6:10 it says, "For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil." So what's the root of all kinds of evil? Is it money? No, it's the love of money. You see how how Jesus is actually showing us a contrast of heart, a heart that pursues him and a heart that pursues money because I either need money or I need God. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Loving and serving mammon is the root of all kinds of evil. If you, l- let's look back at Luke 16, verse nine. It says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Then, you will, then when you fail, they will receive you into, ever, into an everlasting home. This does not mean to make friends with money. It means to take the unrighteous mammon redeem it with the tithe, use it for good instead of evil, and people will get saved, therefore becoming your friends, and then when you fail, the word there means die, and when you die, they will welcome you into your everlasting home in heaven. So, so, here's the thing about our money. Is money evil? No, it's not, it's not evil. It's the love of money is evil, but God can turn it into saved souls. God can take unrighteous mammon and he turns it into saved souls. Now at New Life Church what something new that we are doing, we've been talking about the last few weeks is that we as a church believe in the Godly principle of the tithe so much that we have decided that we will give away 10% of all of our church's income. And this is a great step of faith that we are taking. We just believe in the principle that much. And so what happens now when you give, when you tithe, we take 10% of what you give and we give it away to missions. And so when you tithe, 10% of what we give, you know what it does? Well, we send some of it to Teen Challenge. Every time you tithe, God turns it into souls. And 20 of them are sitting to my right, your left. This is what God can do when we take what may be even unrighteous mammon and redeem it God turns it into souls. And we know his word says to test him in this principle. And so I'm like, I'm pretty sure God's scorecard is like perfect. So if we're to test him with this principle that I'm not just going to be a tither, we as a church are going to be tithers. and we're going to give 10% of our church's income. We're going to give it as a tithe. And because the word says, God says test me in this and see that I won't, Bless your life so much that you can't store the blessing. And here's my prayer. I'm saying, God, we're taking a step of faith as a church. We're gonna give away 10% of everything that you entrusted to us. We're gonna give it away to missions. We're gonna give it away to Teen Challenge. We're gonna give it away to help missionaries take the gospel all around the world. And all I ask is this. If you're gonna bless this house, if you're gonna bless New Life Church, I don't want stuff, I want souls. I wanna see lives changed, people transformed, marriages restored, I wanna see children that will become lifelong followers of you. If you're gonna bless New Life Church because we're generous, bless us with an everlasting riches, which is lives. Bless us with that. That's That's our hope, that's our prayer, that how God can turn mammon, what used to be mammon, and redeem it and turn it into lives changed, hope found, relationships restored. I don't know about you, I feel like I wanna give an offering right now. Right now, I'm like, more of that right there. More of that right there. Not just there, and not just in Ethiopia, and not just in the Arab world, but right here in Kokomo, Indiana. Would you do it, God? Would you turn it into souls saved? Is money evil? No, not when it's redeemed. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So let's make God our pursuit. I'd rather him bless my money, but I want to see souls saved. So number three, what should I do with my money? What should I do with money? And maybe you're thinking, you know, you know, Pastor Devin, I don't have enough of this unrighteous mammon to really even be concerned with this message today. (laughs) I would tell you, if that's truly your thought, you never will have enough. You never will have enough. Well, watch what it said in Luke sixteen ten. We read it earlier. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with what? Much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you're going to be dishonest with a lot, why would you have a lot? But if you're gonna be faithful with a little, that's how God knows you'll be faithful with a lot. This scripture was on the forefront of my heart when I was 18, 19 years old. I, when I was eight, just 30 days after I turned 18 years old, I graduated high school. I packed everything I owned in a 1991 Grand Prix with one hubcap and I had $100 to my name. I got a $100 speed ticket in St. Louis and I moved to Indiana. Uh, God bless the St. Louis State Patrol. Uh, I gave them seed money. Uh, I moved to Indiana in pursuit of what I felt was God's call in my life to be in the ministry, and to do so, I worked a third shift job in a grocery store because if you work third shift, they gave you an extra dollar an hour. I was like, "Hello." I got an apartment behind a barber behind a barber uh, in in the downtown area of this little towny town in Indiana, and, and I I I I made. I remember I thought I thought I was doing good. I made $8 an hour, $8, and it was, and I, I paid and I, I told the church I went to, and the, the pastor, was a, he was my youth pastor years ago, and I said, listen, like, I, I'm not asking for anything, but I'm coming to your city, I want to serve your church, I'm going to sit under your leadership, and I'm praying about what God's going to do with my life, I'm not asking for anything, I'm going to pay my own way, I already found my own apartment, and I'm just going to serve, and for, with $8 an hour, every time I got paid, I sit down with my, with my graph paper budget. And I would say, he was faithful with a little, is faithful with a lot. And the first item on my budget sheet was the tithe. And then I would take half of my expenses out of every check because I got paid twice a month. And that means two times a year I got that extra paycheck, hallelujah. And I would do my budget, and I'd, I'd, I was all about controlling the controllables. So I'd watch how much I spent on groceries. And I ate the trashiest food you could find because it was a dollar. You know, and I just... Uh, I, if you, if I, I just looked back on what I did then, I was like, wow, how did I get that done? How did I pay the rent? And how did I pay my bills? And how did I have a cell phone? And, and how did I survive? And my whole mentality was, God, if I'm gonna be faithful with this, you'll give me more. And then I, that, I took that to the ministry. I was like, Lord, if you're gonna give me 10 teenagers to lead, I'm gonna lead them as though I'm leading an army. And I'm gonna be faithful with what's in front of me. And that was just, that was just my heart I'm going to be faithful with the little and trusting that I will be able to grow in character and, and grow in myself, that you would trust me with more, with the more. And so what do I do with my money? This is what you do. Be a good steward of what you have now. Be a good steward of what you have right now. And I remember making $8 an hour just wondering like how and. Uh, how is my bank account growing $200 every month? That's crazy. And uh, I remember uh, when gas, one time, uh, I drove 30 minutes to my third shift grocery store job and gas hit, it went all the way up. It hit $1.67 a gallon. And I said, my God, how am I gonna pay that? But I said, but Lord, you're Jehovah Jireh my provider. And I would go to work and sometimes I'd, I'd go to work making my $8, and I'd I would work so hard and so fast, that I'd get done with my job, and my manager would say, well, you can go home if you want, and I'm thinking about my budget. I'm like, if I go home now, I can cut my hours. I, I said, what else can I do? And I just began to just work, and I'd be completing everybody else's job. They'd see me come, and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, Devin, don't come to my area. Don't, don't help me finish my work, because if you help me finish my work, then the boss knows that, like, it takes long. It shouldn't take as long as I make it take, and so, but I was just like, give me something to do. You have me until 7 in the morning, and I would just work, and I'd work, and I'd Work and I'd work, and God would just continue to promote me and promote me. And I I don't know why. And I stand here today as your pastor. I've never filled out a resume in my entire life. God opens doors, He chucks me in, and He closes the door behind me. And I'm just wake up and I go, I'm in Kokomo? I'm in Kokomo. Like that's just what God does and I'm just it's because my pursuit has always been the, the purpose God's put on my life and I just kept my eyes on that and I'm going, to be, I'm going to be faithful with what's in front of me so be a good steward of what you have now. Be a faithful good steward of the marriage you have right now regardless of its condition. Be faithful steward of your children no matter how they treated you this morning when you drug in the church. Be faithful stewards of that. Be faithful stewards of the money. That God gives you and he entrusts you with that and be faithful in the little he'll give you more. Here's the thing when it, com- when it comes to our offering. Two things happen. When we give in our offerings, either we, 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 we populate heaven and we plunder hell when we give because God takes what is given and he turns it into souls so every time we give, every time you go online, you give. Every time you write a check, every time you give the Kingdom Builders, heaven is populated and hell is plundered. But, but, but just think about this. If we did not practice the tithe, how would that impact kingdom work? Would we be populating hell and plundering heaven? I don't know, but I don't want to find out. I'm just going to do what he says so what do i do with my money be a good steward of what you have but secondly i want to show you first timothy six i'm going to close with this first timothy six it says but godliness and contentment is great gain great gain this is what everybody wants they want to open up their bank account or they want to get on their app they want to go to chase bank or whoever you bank with they want to go to their bank and they want to see great gain they want to open up their investments. They want to see what? They want to see great gains. But godliness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing from it when we leave. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation, and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You want great gains? Of course you do. Well, true wealth is to possess godliness and contentment at the same time. Godliness speaks to character and heart. Contentment is to say no to mammon and yes to God. No to mammon, yes to God. Again, mammon says, I don't need God, I have money. And mammon is after the world like crazy. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Godliness and contentment. What do I do with my money? Be a good steward of what you have. And two, practice godliness and learn to live content. You brought nothing into this world when your mama gave birth to you and you'll take nothing from it. Luke 16, 11, it's not on the screen, it says this. So if you, have been trust, if you have been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will give you the true riches? What, here's a question. What are true riches? Look around the room today. What you see is true riches. People are true riches. Because the clothes on your back, the money in your accounts, you don't take it with you. The house you purchased, the watch on your wrist, you don't take it with you. People last for eternity. People, in other words, souls are true riches. True riches last forever. Forever. And people are the true riches of God. Godliness and contentment, that's what we do. Is money evil? No. But if you think it is, I'll take it. <laughs> Write it out to Devin Galloway. I'll, I'll promise to tithe it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss. Well, let's just take a moment. Just you, just God. Just you, just God. In what ways has mammon got a grip on you? In what ways do you ultimately lean on security of money instead of the security of salvation? In what ways do you say, if you were to say right now, if someone would just write me a check, I'd be fine. My problems would go away. Well, then I would say that that is is a mammon mentality. And instead, make your pursuit God. He'll provide a way even if he uses money. You see, it's a contrast of heart. In what ways has mammon got a hold of your heart So Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you would help show us the ways that we think money makes us significant, money gives us identity, that possessions equal uh, some kind of identity. Lord, I, I pray that you would reveal that in us and break the spirit of mammon on our money and put the spirit of God on it and when the spirit of God is on money, even then, it can be used to reach souls. I thank you, Lord, for every missionary, every, every ministry like Teen Challenge that represents souls saved. I thank you here at New Life Church, 65 years of souls being saved. Continue to do so in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you would even help us and show us what ways of our life we can become better stewards of what we have now. That we wouldn't try to make financial decisions of what we think we might have someday but we'll make those decisions to be faithful with what's right in front of us. Somebody, Lord, today needs to learn, needs to say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful in the little things, and I'm going to be faithful in my marriage, I'm going to be faithful to my children, I'm going to be faithful to my job that I was really, I was really looking, feeling down about going back to work tomorrow, but I'm going to be faithful in it. I'm going to do it as unto you that you would bless the rest. Lord, help us to learn these principles so that mammon wouldn't have a hold of our life. We can see lives changed, hope found, relationships restored. Give us great gains, godliness, and contentment. In Jesus' name.